Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 61. It is the second week of November 2020. Today is Veterans Day as we release this. Certainly a great day to honor those among us who have served and given us a chance to enjoy this great country, whether or not you believe we are on the perfect political path. So thank you to all the veterans out there. We certainly appreciate you. Um, And the country has been very divided, Uh, maybe more so than I've not only ever seen, but more so than I ever could have even imagined. I mean, it's astonishing, really. And that is why it's so important for all of us here in Fast Brackets Nation to come together and agree that no matter what, we hate roadsters together. That's it. Um, That is the Fast Brackets guarantee. There will never be any roadster talk ever. And I think it helps us heal as a nation. I, I really, truly do. So uh, uh, we're going to do that. You know we are. And because, friends, um, let me say this. Uh, this is some real talk right here. It has been a couple weeks since we've been in the nation, and 2020 finally targeted me. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it got me physically. Uh, it got me emotionally and potentially financially all in the last week. Uh, couple weeks here so essentially the show went upside down it windowed a block caught the coach on fire and the trailer blew the tires all in the same trip it is not great stuff um, but we will get it fixed we're going to put this thing back together mostly i hate that for all of fast brackets nation because you guys have been so loyal uh, about always hitting that play button on wednesday evening to get your fix of fast bracket talk Um, So I I tell you all that to tell you this. Um, Right now, I feel like Jordan Belfort in The Wolf of Wall Street. You know, that was the Leo DiCaprio uh, character when the feds are all closing in on him and he's got the mic in front of the group and, you know, the feds are coming after him and they're expecting him to give this concession speech and he just hits him with, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving! That's exactly how I feel right now, folks. Um, And I will tell you this. I'm uh, working on the winter schedule, and we'll have updates for you all as they come available. So uh, stay tuned to the Facebook page for updates as I fine-tune this thing and make it even better for next year. Um, And to prove it to you, I've got two amazing guests for you this week. In fact two of maybe the best storylines that have come out of 2020 to this point. Um, And uh, I really can't wait to have them on. So uh, there's so much to cover for you in this episode. And these guests, we've got Darian Bosch, your 2020 NHRA top sportsman champion. And then we've got Stefan Monette. He's the creator of the time slip app that we've all come to know and love. I cannot wait to get them on, so let's do it. So get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on the old heap, but metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Guys, girls, the big news for this year, for right now at this moment, is this. We got through it. Um, We got through the year that was 2020, at least on the racing surface. Um, The new schedules for the sanctioning bodies are out for 2021. And there was a time I think we all thought that was in jeopardy. So the sun is rising, uh, which is great, great news. And hopefully all of you uh, and your families are healthy and safe. Uh, Certainly uneasy times. And some of you are going through some job changes or job loss. Um, And that isn't something that we really thought we'd be dealing with this time last year. We thought uh, the economy is good. Everything is rolling. Off we go. Um, But there's been no doubt that 2020 was difficult um, on even the best of us. And that being said, we made it through at least the racing portion. Um, And to think back, 
when every series put a stop to their seasons, uh, the entire tracks made tough decisions to shut down. Um, you know, to have every major sanctioning body award series champions this year, which we'll talk more about a little bit later, says incredible things about the racers, about the promoters, about the series directors, and all the behind-the-scenes personnel that had to take not an extra step, not two extra, about eight extra steps to get what was needed done, done. So who knows next with what is up with the Rona? I mean, I've heard everything from another two-month complete lockdown, even more lockdown than we were before, to, oh, look, hey, there's a vaccine that is 90% effective, which was miraculously released less than two business hours after the election was called for Joe Biden. I mean, that is uh, shocking. Um, Some people called that, I guess, huh? Uh, Some people really thought that was possible, that all of a sudden it would go away or have there be a solution immediately after the election. Uh, But we don't know. I mean, we truly don't know anything other than the series and tracks have started releasing their 2021 schedules and that drag racing, as I've said since the beginning of this, is poised to be a huge winner in the social distancing world of live sporting events. We have lots of area to spread people out, and it's outside, and things that have repeatedly been advantageous to limiting the spread of the Rona. So keep taking your vitamin D, take your vitamin C, and mix in some zinc because all the tornadoes, all the forest fires, the meteors aimed at our earth, the aliens and cursing parrots could not stop us this year, and they will not stop us next year. Uh, So get the rigs cleaned up, guys. Get the blocks freshened because we made it through 2020 and 2021 is waiting on us to get after it. Okay, let's put this thing in the beams presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. On with us now. He was on episode number eight. So if you have not listened to episode number eight, you need to stop right now and get yourself caught up on my guy. And for all the, I should say this, for all the demise uh, from the procrastinators that out there that have opined on the state of drag racing, there is a slew of young gunslingers out there. And if I've done one thing right with this show, it is this. I have highlighted the future of the heavy hitters. And there is no one higher on the mountaintop right now than this young buck blowing smoke off his six shooters. He's your NHRA 2020 Top Sportsman World Champion. Welcome back to the show, Darian Bosch. Darian, how are you, my man? Man, I'm doing good. We're just riding through through somewhere in Mississippi. Uh, I'm just on my way back from a chassis shop, and uh, we're going to give it a shot. How you doing today? I'm not nearly as good as you, but, uh, you know, life is good, and it sounds like you have already um, started on, on 2021, it sounds like. Yeah, a little bit. Man, I mean, it all began, you know, as soon as we got home, the day we got home from Vegas, you know, we unloaded. And, uh, man, I've been tearing everything apart, trying to get it all cleaned and get it all freshened up. And uh, as soon as I get home, I'm going to keep on going on that. I love it. Has it. Grind never ends, you know? No, that's exactly right. Has it sunk in yet, though, that you're the world champion? So far, I got to say, the one thing that got me the most was whenever I was making the turnoff off the track after third round, when I looked out of my my driver's side window, I looked over and I happened to see, you know, it's a big old gold Wally. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to miss it. <laughs> right. So I was over there looking and somebody was holding the Wally and somebody else was holding the uh, class board. You know what I'm talking uh-huh, about? Yeah. Check, but it's not a check. I seen somebody holding that, and I could see the class name, and it was like, man, it looked like a long class name on there. And I was like, hold up. My class name's pretty long. <laughs> I mean, this might might be real right here. And, I, uh, man, I go to pull over, and, and I got, like, five people opening my door. They're practically pulling me out the car by tooth and nail. So I was over there, and uh, I look up, and... Man, the division director, Trey Capps, got the Wally, and he's handing it to me, telling me congratulations. And, man, that's when it felt real. But I think whenever we finally get to calm down and really think about it, then it'll really sink hard, you know? Yeah, that's – well, it's such a 
such a moment, you know, like you, you're just trying to deal with the yeah, moment, right. but, uh, but oh, yeah. to absorb it all at that time is, you know, it was really tough. And you hear it from people who have won it the second time they go, man, I, things really slowed down. I got to enjoy it a little bit more, but, oh, yeah. uh, the first time's pretty good too, oh, yeah. right? Oh, I'm not complaining about the first time. I mean, the first time was definitely, I mean, it wasn't really something we thought would happen this soon. You know, I mean, my dad always said, son, you're going to get one one day. But, of course, you know, what dad's not going to tell their son they're going to do good. Sure. But, um, so, I mean, we were just kind of doing it. And, uh, uh, man, I mean, it feels feels really good. You know, I mean, the sound of it feels amazing. But, man, I mean... Like mom says, you got to keep your head on tight, and you can't let it get too big. Otherwise, you're going to have to get another helmet. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Um, and you you have um, uh, great supporters and your parents, and they're they've also yep, uh, you know guided you correctly, which oh, is yeah. a huge huge thing. But let, let's be really clear: um, you can get a bigger helmet, brother. Um, you you've done something at a very young age. <laughs> We can get you a bigger helmet. Don't don't let mom uh, fool you. We can we can order a size up. It's fine. That's why Simpson makes them. That's right. That's right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this year, um, and let's go back to the beginning of the year before the Rona hit. All that stuff yes. that changed yes. how we live. What did you have any specific goals uh, going into this year? Man, my goal going into this year is always you know. For me, I get upset if I don't win every single race, which, of course, that's, that's I mean, how it goes for anybody. You never win every single race. But, um, man, I mean, the goal was just basically really to get better because, you know, it's only my second year in this car, and I just wanted to get better driving it. I was improving little by little, but, I mean, of course, you know, you want to make leaps and bounds. Yep. So my goal was just to improve. You know, I finished number five in the division last year. So I was looking to kind of improve on that, just drive better get better and then uh man the whole corona thing hit and we had already won a divisional over there no problem and then you know corona hit and it was like man it was like the world was just i mean completely falling apart so from there you know i think everybody's goals kind of shifted from from you know winning to to just when are we going to get to go racing again yep so everything kind of shifted and it kind of changed the same same way for us you know i was I mean, I was on suicide watch trying to find a race to go to for like three months. You know, I couldn't find nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um, and then we kind of get back at it. And uh, you guys got yeah. in the groove pretty quick. I, I remember this. Um, I, I remember seeing you at Indy. And I don't know if, yeah. if you had really had it in your head yet that there was a chance to grab a card at the end of the year um, at that point. Oh. But, but at Indy, you're at the U.S. Nationals. And you're in both top sportsmen and top dragsters in the semis, and you end up yep. losing to the eventual champion on both sides of the ladder, like, you know, on yep, know, top sportsman and top dragster. And that kind of went under the radar, I thought, about what an impressive showing that was for you that week. And, um, yep, and I thought, man, it, it, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to do something special. Did uh, Going away from Indy, uh, did anything mm-hmm. change in your mind? So we looked at the points after Indy, and I think with the door car, I think I was like number 12 because we'd had a couple good races up to that point. I think we had went to uh, third round in Tulsa. I think I lost maybe second or third round in Houston, and then we had we had the uh, U.S. Nationals deal and the Jags deal and all that. So points were looking all right, and I think I had less races than most everybody that was in front of me. But, I mean, of course, you know, when you see your number 12 and you look all right, then, you know, it's kind of time to change gears and kind of shift over a little bit and think about, okay, so are we going to chase this or not? Right. So we began thinking about it, and I think the next thing in a couple of weeks was maybe Gainesville or something like that. And some kind of way, I don't remember the exact, like, sequence of events because I'm just not, not really good with that. But, um, no, I mean – from the U.S. Nationals, you know, we kind of shifted gears and we thought about, you know, what if we tried to chase this? And, I mean, sure, it's going to be tough, you know, between work and college classes and all this other stuff. But, I mean, we can make it swing. And, you know, if I get the right teachers, they'll they'll, they'll 
maybe help me out a little bit and and uh we just decided to go for it and see and uh we wanted to give it all we had you know yeah i want to touch on two things real quick first of all remind everybody where you go to college so i go to college at southeastern louisiana university right there in uh good old hammond louisiana okay and are you we live all... right between New Orleans and Baton Rouge, if you want to think about it like that. We're kind of right between the two. Gotcha. And it, so are you all online classes at this point? For right now, yes. We had – so the way it's been since corona kind of began in March, my classes have all been online. So we make it to this semester. And they were going to try to do in-person classes, see if they could swing it. But really with the whole social distancing rules and yeah. all that, you can only have – I mean, like 25% maybe of the people that you can fit in a classroom could be there. And it was like, I mean, it was tough. I mean, they were going to have like sign-up sheets for who went what day. And and it was a cluster, so they ended up just kind of canning it and just going online for most classes. So so right now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all... Uh, so that almost played into it for you. Like that almost helped your cause a little bit, right? Because you could do some oh of that stuff from God, the road? Yeah. Man, it helped a lot because thankfully my teachers, they under, uh, they got everything I was telling them. And I told them, you know, this is the situation. And been in the beginning of every semester, you know, I talked to my teachers about my situation. And they always helped me out, thank God. And I was able to get three weeks worth of classwork done before we left for Houston. Because the plan was, you know, Houston, Vegas, Vegas, back to back. Yep. So I was able to get my three weeks worth of classwork done. And then... uh and we finished that up, so I was able to not have to think about classes while we were gone. And that's been the big advantage of online for right now is that somebody like me that's got to travel, you know, it makes it a lot easier because you can do it before or, or during or yeah. whenever you got to, you know. Yep. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, and then you mentioned Gainesville earlier. That, I think, yes, played a pretty nice part in in moving you forward, oh, right? Because – because you go to Gainesville, you get to the final, but they ultimately don't run the final at Gainesville? Yes. The problem was that they were getting uh, – with the rain chances, it was looking bad. Yep. So we made it down to the semis, and a lot of people were already leaving. You know, I mean, it kind of looked like the world was about to end out there. <laughs> I mean, it was like – I mean, black outside. It was nasty looking. So we pull up there, and me and uh, Sandy Wilkins, we're in the water box. I'm not even kidding you. We're in the water box. I'm about to set my line lock and do my burnout. And it just it just begins drizzling. Oh, and had, had we, we ran, I mean, literally a minute earlier, it would have been decided right there. Right. But sadly, of course, you know, we got rained on in the water box, and, and, and they kind of told us, you know, figure it out on your own and every class kind of because i mean they had people from all over and you know they told everybody look you got to figure this out on your own oh wow so you have to negotiate then with sandy on where to run this thing at some point so we uh, uh yes sir so basically what we ended up doing was um we looked at all the options and of course you know we were chasing points and he was kind of trying to get some points up to see if he really wanted to chase it or not so so what we ended up doing was we kind of kept in contact a little bit and then we came to the conclusion that Houston was going to end up being the place to do it yep but i believe he was in um uh, maybe it was Rockingham the weekend before and i guess he either had some motor issues or something cuz i don't think he made it up there for first round and then so, of gotcha. course, you know, I mean, I guess Houston was out of the option for, for him. And then, uh, yeah, that makes it tough, right? Lucky single for a final round, which, I mean, the points helped, I mean, a bunch. So, right. right. That's a big move. Super nice guy. Nice guy. Great time. But look, <laughs> I need points. <laughs> right. So, right. So it works out good. Yeah. No. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's all part of the. The thing when you're chasing a championship, or even thinking like, how do I prepare yes, to chase a championship? You got to do everything yeah. right, and then you got to catch a break at some point. Oh my and, god, uh, you got to have a lucky break every now and then. I mean, that's why he's the world champion from last year. I mean, right. I mean, the guy don't suck. 
Man, I mean, it was going to be a tight race either way you looked at it. You know, it was going to be close, and, and I mean, it was going to be good. So, I mean, maybe I caught a lucky break on that one. Maybe I was going to do something goofy, but, man, man, I mean, either way, I mean, for something like this, you go that many rounds, you know, you need a break at some point. That's right. That's exactly right. And you did, and then you guys go, all right, let's go to Vegas and, and lock this thing up, huh? Yeah, yeah, my dad always told me, he was like, son, look, I'm not going to Vegas, but in the event that you do need it, and if you're close, he's like, if you're within close distance to it, he said, I will take you. But he's like, look, the drive sucks. I'm not <laughs> doing it just to do it. So so I looked at him, I was like, dad, I know you're not going to crawfish out on me this time, because, you know, crawfish like backing up a lot. <laughs> I got it. I That's got a Louisiana thing, right? Backing up on me on yeah, I got to keep from backing up on his words. So I was like, Dad, I was like, I know you're not going to crawfish out on me on this one. Because, I mean, this is like the one time I really need it. And he looks at me and he goes, son, I guess we'll give it a shot. And I was like, well, I hope so. So, so I mean, that was it. You know, we got in and, you know. Well, to I, your point, though, like fine. now that now that you've talked him into it, now you got to go back it up. Right, you got to go and you got to perform, which you did, yeah. and then you win. We win. Uh, what third round is when uh, you clinched it out there? Is that right? Yes, sir. So basically, on, on the twenty-something hour ride there from Houston to Houston to Vegas, I did a little bit of math because I like seeing it in front of me. Yeah. So I thought I was like, "What's the worst case scenario? Say if I lose here." I, I, and I don't gain any points, but these people say win the race. Yep. So I had it narrowed down to three people. I had uh, Ronald Regal, I had Allen, and I had uh, Bob Galitti in there was who I was thinking. Because everybody sure. besides them looked like they didn't really have a shot. Yep. So I get down there, and that's who I have on my sheet of paper. I got a loose-leaf sheet. So I'm going down there, and everybody pretty much lost early in Houston. I went further than they did in Houston so we make it to Vegas and I'm looking at my paper and I'm like okay so this is what really needs to happen you know if I don't do anything I mean they pretty much had to win out so I'm looking at it they all three go out first round so I get down there I'm kind of excited you know, I'm trying to keep my head on but I'm still kind of excited because you know the people that I knew about were out of course well, I get out the car I get out the car and Trey Caps is I mean right there and he's like look I got this sheet of paper and, you know, look, I didn't think to look down at number 40 on the sheet, but, I mean, it, if there's a shot, there's a shot. I mean, the guy <laughs> with Top Dragster who was, like, number 40 on the sheet almost won. That's right. You know, yep. it's possible. So, so I mean, look, I didn't look down that far, but, you know, I mean, it was a a, a roller coaster ride. So, you know, we end up winning third round, and everybody I needed to lose, I think, uh, I beat one of the guys that was in the chase second round, uh, Mr. Paul Mitzos, a uh, great guy, good race, you know, mm-hmm. fun time. And then uh, uh, Mr. Ratzloff lost in front of me, and, and, and you know, we got by third round, a uh, close race, and just, you know, that was it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's huge stuff. And, you know, uh, give give some props to your dad for saying, "All right, you got a shot. Let's go do this." And then, and then you, uh, like nails, just said, "All right, that's what I got to do. I'll get it done." So that was a very, very impressive showing by you. Uh, really, all season long, man, all season long. I'm trying my best. I mean, I got to give my dad credit where it's due because I mean, the guy does. I mean, so so much for me. You know, I could never, never even think of somebody doing that. But, I mean, the guy drove 20-something hours all the way to Vegas, and he let me keep my head on and all that. And, um, man, we get there. I mean, we were thrashing. I mean, Dad ends up hurting himself some some kind of way. He's tripping on my my carbon belly pan. And, and, I mean, the dude's hobbling around. And, I mean, look, Vegas was wild. I ran the same dude first round in both cars. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, we had like almost everything happen. <laughs> well, 
um, congrats to you and on a heck of a season. I mean, just an amazing season, really. I'm assuming the goal for then the next year is try to back it up. Is that uh, kind of the plan? Well, the goal for next year, pretty much, you know, we got a new dragster coming together. We're going to give that a shot. So my goal is always basically I just want to improve. You know, I want to improve on how I'm driving, and I see things that I could do better. And, you know, I want to get better in the dragster because, you know, I mean, that's why we bring two cars. You know, we want to go deep in both all the time. So sure. so I'm going to try to get better in the dragster. And, um, I mean, we're going to see. I mean, I'm never – never going to call a shot and say i'm going to do it twice because i mean i'm just not trying to count any chickens before they hatch so so i'm pretty much i'm just going to go out there try and race have fun enjoy it and 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 if we trip and fall into another one then i won't complain you know no it makes perfect sense to me um last question before i let you go because i know you've got other things to do today but uh there's a rumor that um, we're going to see you on maybe uh, Street Outlaws or something like that at some point. Is that uh, – we got any accuracy to that? I would love to know where you heard that from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no. Okay. I mean, that's, that's – that's, that's, I mean, nobody told me that. I just uh, – I no, thought – have... I thought there was a pick up truck that maybe would work for something like that. Well – Yes, no. I mean, that's kind of why we got it. We got it for, you know, a little bit of bracket racing, a little bit of grudge racing. I mean, it's metal roof and quarters like most of them grudge people like. Yep. So we're going to give it a shot. See, I've ran it before. You know, it ran ran good. I mean, I can't really complain. Uh, I mean, if I can get mom to let me do no prep once or twice, <laughs> which she's she's holding the knife to my throat right now as I'm saying that. I can imagine. But, um, so, so I'm going to try to do that, and, and I'm going to try to get some grudge racing in uh, soon. Hopefully, that's that's you know, I mean, the plan at some point or another, as long as we got time. And then, you know, if if Big Chief comes up to me saying he wants some, you know, I'll give him some, maybe. But I like it. We got to get there first. I like it. The, gun, I, the gunslinger. I love it. Who I am. So. I love it, uh, Darren. Thanks so much for coming on. Congrats on an unbelievable season. You got it done. You're the world champ and top sportsman. Ladies and gentlemen, Darian Bosch, if you need him, your NHRA 2020 top sportsman world champ. Woo! Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. And guys, girls, we've had a lot of action since the last episode. I cannot cover all of it. There just simply isn't enough time in today's show. But let's talk about all the national champions that have been crowned um, since we last got together. And um, really, it's very impressive to all of the the series that got their championships in because it did not look like that was going to be the case early in this year. And, and there should be no, not one single asterisk or um you know little notation or anything around these champions they did it on the drag strip and they got plenty of races in to crown themselves that way and um really just it's it's impressive on a lot of different levels both for the competitors and for the sanctioning bodies and all the management and all the things that go into it the getting this year done was very very impressive so um, you heard him here earlier. Um, your national champion on the top sportsman side of the NHRA is Darian Bosch. He finishes with 536 points. Alan Firestone was second with 481. And then Dusty Meyer and Ronald Regal, Regal both finished with 480. So um, give Dusty Meyer, your U.S. Nationals champion, some credit for getting in there and, and Alan Firestone for finishing second. But uh, heck of a race that way. Uh, but congrats to Darian Bosch. On the top dragster side, we had one of the closest finishers um, points-wise in a very, very, very long time. Anthony Bertozzi, AB, gets the win. He gets the world championship in top dragster. He finishes with 546 points. Um, Bradley Johnson finishes second with 544. So only two points shy of the world championship. And then Danny Nelson is third with 
535. And I know he went out there with a chance to win it and go back to back. And then Art Hoover um, made a nice run midseason and got himself to 530 points. So you're talking 16 points between your champion and fourth place. That is extremely tight. Could have went any single way on that one. But congrats goes to Anthony Bertozzi. Uh, for winning the top dragster national championship on the NHRA side. Now, from the PDRA, the PDRA um, crowns four champions, both elite top sportsman, top dragster, and then regular top sportsman and top dragster. Buddy Perkinson is your winner um, in elite top sportsman. Um, John Benoit was a close second, uh, but he got uh, 294 points. Um, in top elite top sportsman and was the number one qualifier most of the season. So congrats to Buddy Perkinson on, on winning elite top sportsman for the PDRA. Then on the elite top dragster side, Steve Furr gets the win. Chaz Salance was within striking distance on the final day, but Steve Furr gets the win. Now, remember, in the PDRA, you can win up to 500 points per event. So um, anybody who was in within 500 points had a chance at the end, and uh, Buddy Perkinson and Steve Furr put it away on the elite side. On the top sportsman side, Stacy Hall gets the win, and on the top dragster side, your champion is Kendall Payne in the PDRA. Um, and the top dragster regular uh, side was very, very close again. There were there were five others that were close to Kendall Payne from making it. Uh, you know, from stealing that championship, but Kendall Payne gets the congratulations as the top dragster champion in PDRA. Then also the Midwest Drag Racing Series crowned their top sportsman champion. That is Kelvin Brown, and he earned that one. He went to every event. Um, he got the bonus points for doing so, although ultimately he didn't need it, but he earned the top sportsman champion, Kelvin Brown, in Midwest Drag Racing Series. And then on the on the top dragster side of the Midwest Dragster Series, Matt Saxman. Sackman ultimately becomes the winner. He's the brother of Zach Sackman, who came on episode number 50, um, driving that machine. And uh, Bob Henry finishes second. He went to every single event and got bonus points for that and uh, very came up a very, very close second. So congrats to Matt Sackman and Kelvin Brown in Midwest Drag Racing Series for the champions. Now, listen, we're going to talk more about the divisional battles and ultimate champions of all seven NHRA divisions next time on the Half Track Report. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just a minute and we're going to do something we never do, which is we're going to get this thing out of the groove twice. We're going to go both sides of the of the groove this thing's getting wild but we're gonna pull it in we'll get it done but uh hang on here for a second and we need to talk about two of what are just really have become iconic cars um for drag racing and uh first of all let's let's talk about this um bobby Dowdrill, um he's got that 1976 chevy pickup that he has named miss misery and he became the first four by four in the threes um, earlier this month, he went 398.4 at 183 miles an hour. And uh, it's an incredible story, really. First of all, first of all, he has been working on this thing for about 15 years and just getting it better and better and better, doing stuff that people kept telling him wasn't possible. Um, he's he's wrecked it three times, a couple of times very, very seriously, uh, rebuilt that thing better than before each time. He, you know, he's got this blown alcohol four by four square body pickup truck on 315 drag radials all the way around. And he goes under four seconds to the eighth at over 180 miles an hour. It's really impressive. Um, no one's ever really even tried to do anything like that before, not alone accomplished it. So there was no real historical data for him to pull from. Uh, but Bobby Dodrill is just, I mean, he is tough as nails and he had the will to make it happen. And uh, really just congratulations goes out to him um, in in getting that to his goal, which was a, a sub four second pass in a uh, four by four pickup truck. Nicely done, Bobby. Uh, secondly, we should talk about um, what is the winningest car in NHRA history, and that is Dan Fletcher's 1969 Super Shock stock Chevy Z28 Camaro. Um, 
we, you know, if you know the sportsman drag racing world, you know the name Dan Fletcher. He is um, one of uh, three men to ever have won more than 100 NHRA events, along with uh, John Fortz and Frank Manzo. Uh, but uh, this car, this orange Chevy Z28, is um, is the winningest Chevrolet in all of motorsports. And I'm going to say that one more time. It's the all-time winningest Chevrolet in any type of motorsport. No other bow tie has won more races in any form of racing on the planet. It's amazing. Um, apparently, Dan Fletcher's dad bought it off the lot and brought it home to make a race car out of it immediately. Never was a grocery getter. It came from the showroom floor and became a race car. And um, like I said, Dan is one of only three men in the history of NHRA to win more than 100 NHRA events. And that iconic orange Z29 or 69 Z28 is a big reason why. All right. As we hit the mile per hour cone presented by the blindmachinist.com, we're going to go international for the first time on the Fast Brackets podcast from the Great White North, from Castleman, Canada. Honestly, one of the best things that have come out of 2020, in my opinion. Um, on with us now, the owner and creator of the Time Slip app, Stefan Monette. Stefan, how are you today? Uh, good, thanks. So I, I can't complain. I cannot complain, but I wanted to have you on because I thought it was just such a great story truly um we've all kind of gotten used to these online apps now and kind of uh i don't know if it was forced on us but but uh certainly is the new world that we live in and that wasn't the case as of this time last year but you were a little bit ahead of the curve um so we're going to get that in a minute but maybe tell us a little bit about exactly where you live in canada and um a little bit about your racing background how'd you get started in this Okay, so uh, I live in Castleman, Ontario, which is uh, about uh, 35 miles east of our uh, national capital in Ottawa. Okay. So probably the center of Canada, uh, midway between Montreal and, uh, and Ottawa. Uh, so that's why you hear that French accent. It's a very big French community over here. Okay. Uh, I started racing a little bit late in life. Uh, was too busy working and setting up businesses and all that. And then about uh, 10 years ago, um, I uh, put in my mind, says, Stefan, there's top fuels in uh, Grand Bend. You got to come and see this. Okay, never seen a top fuel. Uh, he's all excited about it. So, okay, let's go. So, I'll go over there. And I, I saw that. I, saw, like, I was amazed. And then I saw the bracket cars and all, all the race cars. And I says, I want one. I want to start that. I want to try that. So, uh, during that summer, I found a uh, Dutch Challenger from uh, Missouri. So I drove all the way from Castleman to Missouri to pick up the car, brought it back home, and then uh, it was fall, so I couldn't race uh, because here they, they, they shut down the racetracks uh, in October. Okay. So uh, I had to wait till uh, next May to, to, to try the car. So once in a while, I would just start the, the race car in my garage. <laughs> 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 and uh, then I, uh, the next year, my buddy and I, we went and started racing, and I got hooked. Never stopped since. It doesn't take much, does it? Like uh, oh, the, no. the, a little bit will get you. I love it. Yeah, because and the other thing is working on your uh, as your own boss. You know, you, you work long hours and you're stressed. Uh, you stress. You stress about everything. You know, I get to the track, I forget about everything. Yes, I'm able to disconnect. So I just shut down the phone. It's probably the only place that I don't answer my phone is at the track. Yeah, that's Shut it a, down and leave in the truck, and I just race. Yeah, that's a good feeling for sure. Um, well, tell us a little bit more about your car because I know you've. Uh, I mean, this is not a stock Challenger. It's not uh, run of the mill. You've you put a lot of work into it. Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, my that, that was my first uh, race car was my Dutch Challenger. I still own that car. Uh, right now we're rebuilding the engine and transmission. But uh, meanwhile, I got a um, about four years ago. I got a uh, 1970 Hemi Cuda. Okay. Uh, it's an old, uh, I wouldn't say pro stock. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a tube chassis, uh-huh. uh, but it's all metal buddy. It's a, okay. it's a nice, uh, nice car. And, uh, we built our own, uh, gen three Hemi engines and, uh, we, we built one that we compete at the race engine challenge in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. And then when we're done, uh, we were done with the competition. We just put that engine uh, in the CUDA and that's what I'm 
racing uh, every weekend. Okay, and do you run quarter mile for the most part, or is it uh, yes, eighth mile? Yes, yes, okay. I, I run. I, I, I'm not. I'm still having trouble with uh, with the light. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with my reaction time. So right now, I I, I race uh, semi semi pro. Uh, and it's all quarter mile. Uh, the car runs uh, steady, uh, nine twenty nine, nine thirty. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's not too fast. Well, it's fast enough for me. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's uh, that that's great stuff. Um, and and certainly probably uh, a little bit different up there. There's probably more snow machines up there than drag race cars. So, um, you know, like it's a, oh, yeah. it's a little bit different, right? A little bit different for you, and uh, that really good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Here, uh, actually, the snow season is starting as we speak. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see a lot of tractors with snowblowers going ahead of driving by. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, that that makes perfect sense. But I mean, not to diminish your your driving career at all, but in my mind, the greatest contribution you've made to drag racing has been off the track, so to speak. Um, let's talk a little bit about the genesis of. Of, of creating the time slip app i mean this was not this year right it was several years ago yeah we i started that three years ago so uh i was at my local track here uh naperville quebec and uh i couldn't believe there was no i was looking for an app uh to record my my, my time slip or to get time slips onto and i'm like nothing there was nothing out there i'm like well that can't be i mean uh it's not new technology so uh but nobody ever cared about building this or designing this and meanwhile the thing is you know you get your time slip it gets printed but after a couple of weeks it's all it's fading away so you can't read it right so so i said that's why i wanted an app to record all my uh my time so i started that yeah three years ago uh, with our local track okay and and so how did that work you so it um you went to the local track and said hey listen uh, i've got a better mousetrap for you <laughs> yeah that that was a it was funny um so the owner is uh is an older gentleman uh, he owns the track for uh almost 35 years now mm-hmm. uh but his sons his two sons are now uh operating uh, managing the track so uh i went first uh, asked uh, the sons uh, show them a little demo give them a give them a little bit demo and um they loved it i mean all the the new generation they love everything on their phones Right. So uh, now we have to convince uh, the father uh, to allow me, to let me connect my time step server to their portatry system, because most uh, track owners they don't want anybody to connect to their system. They're so scared that something goes wrong yes. and uh, gives them trouble during racing. Uh, so we had a little bit of convincing to do, but uh, they finally agreed, and uh, we started from there. And and to this point, um, I. The way I understand it is the way you set it up, there's been no uh, interference with the normal track operating. To, I mean, you didn't have any issues with it, or if you did, right. you were able to get over it pretty quick? That's right, yeah. So Because the way we do it, we're, we're, um, we, we're, uh, we're tapping into the uh, printer port. So whatever comes, goes to the printer, that's what we capture, and that's, we analyze the data and save it to our server. So our system is not intrusive. It's very passive. Gotcha, gotcha, and so that was that was three years ago, um, but <laughs> three years ago um, we didn't have the Rona running around. Um, so this year it became really important, right? Because everything needed to be touchless this year. That's right. So we'll go a little bit back. So last year I'm trying to for the last well th- three and two years ago I'm trying to convince uh, racetracks to uh, to serve uh, to offer this service to their racers, and uh, well. Not every racetrack owners uh, makes a lot of money with their racetrack, right? So uh, it, it's difficult to convince them to spend a little bit of money uh, to do this, and it, it it doesn't really give them anything back. I mean, uh, unless they stop, they completely stop printing, and uh, then they'll save money. But if they don't stop printing, they're not saving any money. So uh, my goal was, well, stop printing and just use the app. Well, that was really difficult to convince anybody to do that until this year. Gotcha. Yep. So with the coronavirus uh, hitting our uh, our country, uh, both countries, um, uh, the track owners needed solutions to open up their track this year. And one solution, I was part of the solution. So they stopped printing and they don't hand out time slips to the racers uh, to uh, try to stop uh, spreading the virus. And uh, and that's how we came along with our app. And 
it's funny because until you see it, until you use it, you don't know what, it, what it's like to use the app. And once you, you use it, you get hooked to it. Right. Yep. Because it, it keeps all your data, right? So you could you can look and you can see what you did for the last, let's call it several runs in a row, and you can can look at it, and it's all right there. Oh yeah, there, you can flip back fifty runs on your for, uh, for your car. You can see your last fifty runs, what you did, and for each run, you even have all the weather data is uh, saved. Oh, so so how come I I, I went so fast uh, last week? Oh, the density altitude was uh, my was negative uh, two hundred. That's why. <laughs> right, <laughs> <You know>? right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a, so, that's important to play. Yeah, it's all that all plays into it. Yeah, that's really oh, impressive yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, look at all the records. All the records, uh, speed records we had here in uh, Canada. It's always in October and November. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. cold. We got denser air. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it in the fall, man. Things cool off. The cars start going <laughs> yeah. fast. It is good times. It's really good times. Um, yeah. Well, well. Talk to me a little bit about the series that, and the series, and then the tracks that have really embraced it. Because I know there's been a couple places that have just said, "Oh, we're in, and we love it." Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Last year we got uh, Summit in Norwalk, uh, Ohio. We had uh, Orlando. We had uh, South Georgia in uh, in uh, Georgia, and um, what? We had two tracks in Australia, and two tracks in Canada using it. And this year, uh, well, we, we activated, I think, 12 new tracks. So, uh, so in last April, uh, the owner of uh, Tulsa called me, uh, Todd Martin, and then he tells me, hey, we just had our meeting, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get a lot of calls this year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I was about to shut down the whole thing because I was not selling. I was doing all of this work. I couldn't convince tracks to sign up. So I was about to, I just had a discussion with my wife as well. Wow, we're going to do it for this year, and then that's it. We're going to shut it down. It's costing me money. Yeah. And uh, suddenly I get all these calls. So, um, so we had the, this year we added Tulsa, uh, Virginia, uh, Raceway. We did the Texas Motorplex, Houston, Raceway. Uh, who else do we do? Uh, that's about the track. Oh, we did St. Louis, uh, uh, WWT. Yeah. Uh, in St. Louis, near St. Louis. Right. Yep. So that's the, that's the tracks we did this year. And then we did a lot of um, series. So we, uh, we had the PDRE. Yep. PDRE was the first series to sign up. Yep. Uh, and then we had uh, uh, Midwest Pro Mud. Yep. Uh, we signed up too. Uh, we also had the, the smaller series, um, like uh, the Modern Street uh, Hemi Shootout. Oh, series. okay. All right. Yep. And uh, this weekend, our, we, we, just got, we just did a new one. Uh, the, uh, well, the guy that, uh, the Legion of Demons, they, they raced with uh, the uh, Modern uh, Street uh, Hemi shootout, and they saw the app and said, we want our app too. <laughs> so they just signed up. So we're going to, uh, they were sending it up uh, this weekend for the first time for them. That's, that's really cool stuff. And, I, you know, um, I think you were really brilliant to have the foresight to have this. And then, and then really... You know, um, it came to you, I guess, a little bit, but but uh, the fact that you were so far ahead of the curve is really impressive, I think. Oh, thank you. Um, well, let me ask you this. So if if we have listeners out there that are either track owners or racers that want to get their track involved, how, what's the best way to get a hold of you to say, hey, um, I, wanna, I want my track to go to this, um, either yep. to save a few so, bucks or just uh, Yeah, they just have safety. to go on my uh, website. So www.dinogeeks.com and click on contact and they can call me directly on my uh, cell number or uh, by email. Okay. So dinogeeks.com. That's right. Yep. Okay. Guys, girls, do that. Um, Have your tracks reach out because um, either for cost savings and or safety concerns, I think this is uh, really a great evolution in how we – accumulate our data on the track it's it's really good 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 stuff oh yes like i said once you start using it you get hooked to it even my local track there was uh older guys that uh this year they were pissed because they didn't print the time sets anymore and there's a guy who says i'm not going there if you don't print the time sets oh the guy says well i'm sorry i can't print them this year right so uh the week after i see the same guy with a wall in his hand he's there raising with everybody <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> Yes. He's there. I mean, he's complaining, but now he loves it. That's right. Yeah, no, I think we've all done that, right? We've kind of uh, mumbled and grumbled and then went, oh, it's not so bad after all. 
That's right. <laughs> no, no doubt. Well, well, tell me a little bit uh, about what is next for you. You've you've got your cars that you're working on, um, you know, um, and then what's next for the app? Is there any uh, you know evolution that you're working on from that side of it? Or well, we what, just finished uh, a new feature for No Time Racers. So now the, the with the new version, the No Time Racers can see their um, time slip on the app. Okay, and they don't see the other the other lanes time slip. It's ah. all grayed out. That, that's interesting. I would have never. Uh, yeah, that's not a world I play in. So that that makes perfect sense, though. Yeah, well, there's some tracks that uh, they're mostly doing uh, grudge wires, uh, grudge racing, uh-huh. and they need this, right? So, uh, and because they don't now, many tracks are completely still stop printing. Uh, well, how do they get the time slip for the new time racers? So we came about with we came up came up with a uh, special uh, encryption key and the user just go to the tower scan the the key and then they have access to all their time steps. Oh, very easy to use. Very very cool. Well, that's that's good stuff. Um, okay, well that's cool. What about uh, what about your cars? I know you you're working hard on your cars too. What's what's well what you yeah winter season for Canadian. That's the time we 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 work on our cars. Um, uh, I just uh, received my new Hellcat uh, engine block. Awesome. Uh, yesterday, so uh, guess what? I'm building a Hellcat <laughs> engine for my Cuda. <laughs> there you go. Uh, m- yeah, I'm not just a geek. I'm also uh, uh, I, I like to play with. I, I like to work in my cars too. I love it. I love it. Um, well, uh, Stefan, thanks so much for coming on um, and and talking to us a little bit about the the Time Slip app. And um, guys, girls, go to DinoGeek.com and reach out and uh, make that happen for your track. Um, for safety, um, for for some cost savings for the track, all the things make that happen. Uh, DinoGeek.com. So if you need him, uh, Stefan Monette. Thank you very much. Glad to, to be on your show today. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Let's hit the override and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It's time to pull the shoots on episode number 61, and there it is. There's the wind light and Gloria. Man, it's so good. It's so good. It's the good stuff. Um, hey, we had a great week this week. We got things back on track. Uh, first of all, we had no Roadster talk, so that's always good. Uh, we talked maybe the two best stories potentially in drag racing this year with our guests. First of all, Darian Bosch. He's your NHRA 2020 top sportsman world champ. And then we talked to Stefan Monette. He's the creator of the Time Slip app. Uh, go to dinogeek.com to catch up with him. So if you have comments, questions, or curse words, you know there are three ways to get at me. First of all, you can get on the Facebook page using Messenger. Secondly, you can add me as a write-in vote on your ballot for the president of the U.S. Apparently, there are ballots everywhere right now, so I'm sure I'll get that. Um, and you can use the email, fastbrackets at outlook.com. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep us the rubber side down and travel safe. question yes sir and this is kind of a personal question okay the word on the street is that your mom is a super fan of the show oh she's incredible she's the number one fan there's no doubt the word on the street is that your very hot mother is a super fan of this show all right i don't like it that you're speaking of her that way but uh i do love her very much and appreciate her being the number one fan i would like to say hi to your very attractive super fan mother all right i'll pass the word along